Hey guys, it's Ed and I'm coming to you from the Temporary Drunk Gossip Studios here in Detroit. (coughs) Even though I know there's going to be quite a few episodes where we do this, I still can't get used to saying in Detroit. Um, You know, I'm from Detroit. I, I, I lived here most of my life. And it's still weird to me. <laughs> um, uh, I miss being in the epicenter of all the gossip. But um, there's going to be a little bit of bragging at the end of the show. So stay tuned for that. I really want you guys to, to hear about hear me bragging. Because I'm really just so proud of, of, of the scoop. Um, but we'll get there. It's the last segment of the show. Um... But for now, NT Lawyer can do some bragging. For months and months and months now, NT has been saying that um, James Franco was going to be subpoenaed in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation lawsuit. And nobody believed him. Let me rephrase that. The mainstream media did not pick up on it. And even some of the people who read his site were like, dude, this is a stretch. But no, it's not a stretch. Um, Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp's legal team, along with, um, uh, have subpoenaed, or are trying to subpoena James Franco, along with Elon Musk. Because they claim that those two men saw Amber Heard in the days after Johnny Depp allegedly gave her a black eye. I'm only saying allegedly here because, not because I don't believe Amber Heard. I actually do believe her. Um, Johnny Depp has a long history of violence against women. He has a long history of lying about the violence against women. But... Um, at this point, the drunk gossip legal team has asked me to say allegedly um, in terms of the Johnny Depp story. So that's why I'm saying allegedly, not because I don't believe her. I really, really do believe her. Um, but so Johnny Depp's team says, no, 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 our client did nothing wrong. She painted a black eye on herself. And James Franco and Elon Musk will will prove that. Now, I don't know what he's smoking. But it has to be something good. Okay? It has to be something good. Because who in the right mind is going to believe Johnny Depp over Amber Heard. Not only believe Johnny Depp over Amber Heard, but who's going to believe that she painted a fucking black eye on herself? Alright. I it's just so unbelievable to me. It's one of those things where I'm I, I'm really trying to um I, I'm trying to be partial here because 
um, despite me being a gossip columnist, I'm still a reporter at heart. I still, you know, I, I still tr- cover true crime. I still cover politics to a certain extent. But when you make up such ludicrous stories, it's really hard for me to to be balanced and fair. Um, anyways, so they're, they're trying to subpoena James Franco, and they're, they're saying that James Franco and Elon Musk will prove their case. Amber Hurt's team says, This bogus story is just another lame attempt by Johnny Depp and his team to spread deliberately misleading information through the tabloid media so that he can continue to attack and abuse his ex-wife. Johnny Depp and his team have been trying and failing to place a salacious story based on irrelevant footage for weeks. It's pathetic. So, what they mean by that is, um, there is footage of Amber Heard leaving... A, a leaving an elevator with James Franco, which is why he's even involved in this mess in the first place. Um, I haven't seen the footage, but allegedly, um, he rests his forehead on her shoulder, and then she does the same to him afterwards. They both um, attempt to cover their faces and make sure that they're not seen to no avail. Now, James Franco has been a celebrity for a long time, as has Amber Heard. If they didn't want to be seen, they would not be seen. Alright? That's all I'm saying. I'm going to go and I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. Just very briefly, I there's breaking news. Art Johnson from the um, sketch, show, sketch show Laugh-In has died at the tender age of 90. Um... If if you've ever uttered very interesting or very interesting, that was a very much influenced by art. He played a World War II veteran who didn't seem to realize that the war was over. Um, and that was his catchphrase. Um, it permeated pop culture through the 70s, 80s, 90s, and into the 2000s. Um, that's how iconic and wonderful it was. Um, and it seems very simple, especially... Um, by today's standards. But back then, that's all it took. Um, so, really, our condolences to the family and friends of Art Johnson. Um, after, after Art stopped acting in live-action shows, he turned to animated... Um, to, he turned to animation and animated characters. Um, he was a voice in The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo... Um, and his last known credit was in 2005, Young Justice Unlimited. Uh, you know, it, it it seems so easy to say, but really, anytime someone passes on, it's it's sad. And that's not, oh, kissing ass or anything. It really is just such a sad, sad situation. You know, and, and truly, there's nothing... Um, that can be said about it other than I really hope that his family and friends can find solace. I hope that um, his final days weren't full full of pain. And it doesn't seem like they were. Um, according to multiple reports, it was um, the heart failure that um, that ultimately led to his death. Um, so it doesn't seem like there was any real um, illness or anything like that, or anything that would 
uh, I'm, I'm trying to say this very carefully, but, you know, it wasn't, it doesn't seem like it was a long drawn out illness like it is with, with some people. It seems like it was, for lack of a better way of saying this, um, a, a quick death. Again, our condolences to everyone. And I'm going to go before I put my foot too much further in my mouth. I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, you all know I don't really like to talk about the Kardashians. And I don't really like to talk about religion. Because those are two topics that always get me into trouble. Because I have nothing nice to say about the Kardashians. And religion, for the most part, I think... I, I'm very much a believer. Uh, but I don't believe in organized religion. I think organized religion leads to uh, a, a distortion of the Bible, to say the least. And I don't believe that man should be trying to um, talk for God. So that's why I, I generally avoid those topics. Unfortunately, this story is too big for me to pass up and... It was never going to be the lead story, and it was never going to be the end story. But I couldn't not talk about it. So, here we go. Kanye West has been having these church meetings, I guess you would call it. Church gatherings. Every Sunday. And they've been uber, uber, uber popular. Um... To the point where it was suggested that he was going to try and monetize it. Um, Anti-lawyer over at Crazy Days and Nights has insisted that he is trying to put together a gospel album using um, singers from the choir without paying them royalties and trying to figure out how he could do that legally. Um, as far as I know, he has yet to figure that out. But, but, he and Chris Jenner are trying to launch a Sunday televised church service, a reality show. Um, our friends over at Blind Gossip actually had, um, they had the... Um, they had the story first, and I had it up, and for some reason, it did not stay for me. So, I'm going to just pull it up again. Um, this is what they wrote in their original blind called Church of Whatever. It is now solved as Kanye West and Kris Jenner. It was originally just supposed to be a tax shelter, but now she realizes it could be a revenue generator. She is fascinated by... Hillsong Church, which she sees as a model for what she wants to do. That's why her daughter goes to Hillsong to get the inside scoop on how everything works. The long-term plan is to rebrand their own church to something catchy, expand the reach and get attention by doing something outrageous or newsworthy at the service every week. Each stunt will be publicized via photo op and video clips. It doesn't matter if you love it or hate it, as long as it gets attention. Then they can grow the number of members, maybe even do a weekly broadcast so they can grow 
the church worldwide and watch the donations roll in. Now, this is a, this is a blind that we did in one of our blind item shows. Um, we are going to officially mark this as solved. Uh, um, this is Christian or Kanye West. We already knew this. Um, Christian will do anything to keep the family in money. That's why she had her daughter fuck on camera and then released it. And the sad thing is, is that a sex tape still brings in hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars for Kim Kardashian and Ray J every single year. Why do I say it's sad? First of all, it is the most boring-ass porn I've ever seen in my life. I watched it for research. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> no, really, I actually did watch it for research. When I was um, running Generation Gossip, um, I was doing a big um, research article on sex tapes. Um, I also watched the Paris Hilton and... The Paris Hilton and... Um, Rich Solomon, and then there was... She did another one. Um, the the Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. Because there, I figured there had to be some sort of threat, and I was right. They're all boring. The, the best part of them is you actually get to see the male celebrity's dick. Honestly. And, and out of all of them... And this was honestly a big surprise... Out of all of them, Tommy Lee's the biggest. Who would have guessed that? The skinny white boy. Um, back to the church. So what, what Chris Jenner is hoping that is going to happen is basically something along the lines of... Um, oh! Praise Jesus with the Kardashians and then keep up with the Kardashians. She wants a two-hour block of reality shows. And she's figuring that since the... Um, since the... Um, the religious um, sector of the American population will be tuning in... Will hopefully be tuning in for Praise Jesus with the Kardashians or whatever the hell they call it. That they'll also want to keep up with the Kardashians and that will stimmy the ratings loss that they're seeing now on top of adding new revenue um, streams. Because now they're going to be able to do gospel CDs, they're going to be able to um, do Christian books, and all sorts of things like that. So make no mistake, this is not about Jesus, this is not about trying to be better people or live a better life. This is all about... Okay, maybe it's about living a better life, but it's living a better life with money, not with, not because you're being a good person and following Jesus. And I'm going to follow my heart and take a break, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. All week we've been following the civil war that's breaking out in the music industry, um, following Taylor Swift's bombshell reveal that Scooter Braun has bought... Big Machine Records. And along with it, her masters. Um, heavyweights like Madonna, um, Madonna, Lady Gaga, Miley Cyrus, even on a quieter note, Ariana Grande are siding with Taylor Swift. Other people like Sia, 
um, Demi Lovato, Kanye West, and Justin Bieber are siding with Scooter Braun. And right, you know, right now people are trying to dis- discern what it actually happened. You know, who is telling the truth and who is lying? Well, that's not actually an easy case here because Taylor Swift is known to omit facts that don't quite fit her narrative. But then again, so is Scooter Braun. In fact, I would argue that Scooter is probably um, a little bit more adept at it because he's a... um, because he's a, a, a talent manager. So he has to be able to, you know, oh, my, you know, my artist Justin Bieber sold 20 million records. Negating the fact that the last CD didn't quite do as well. And that 19 million of those CDs came from a time when Justin Bieber actually had a reputation worse giving a damn about. Um, and it seems like Scott Bruschetta, the former owner and current CEO of Big Machine Label, is our Big Machine Records, is taking the side of Scooter. Obviously, he wants to keep his job. He wants to, you know, break in all these millions of dollars. So, of course, he's going to do that. But... Um, you know, he's saying, hey, Taylor had a chance to buy these masters. You know, she had a chance to buy them outright. All she had to do was sign her deal. But this appears to be a case of, once again, someone not telling the full truth. And honestly, that's not really such a big surprise. Um... Taylor Swift's attorney, Dan Passman, said, Scott Borchetta never gave Taylor Swift an opportunity to purchase her masters or the label outright with a check in the way he is now apparently doing for others. Now, this is the first time that Dan Passman has broken um, his, um, his belief that lawyers should work behind the scenes and within the court system and not... Um, speak to the press. So this carries a lot of weight here. Um, and again, I know, like, I know a lot of my longtime fans, especially Mandy, are really upset that I seem to be siding with Taylor Swift. But this is an issue that I think is something that we can all rally around. Even if we don't like Taylor Swift, her owning her masters or her not getting a chance to buy her masters and then trying to pretend like she did is something that's wrong. It's just plain wrong. Uh, And again, this certainly seems to suggest, at the very least, that Scooter Braun and Scott Borchetta are playing some type of game here. Um, I don't think that they expected Taylor Swift to come out the way she did. I think they thought she was going to, um, be docile and just accept it for what it was. And the fact that she spoke out 
is kind of surprising to them. Uh, and everything that I've read, you know, I, I, again, page six, which I consider very reliable, is citing with Scooter Braun, and they're saying, hey, look, you know, here's the deal, this is what... But from what I've read of the contract, it was not... It was actually almost what Taylor said, more so than what they're presenting, where it was, you sign the deal, you get your master's. It actually did seem like, hey, for every record you turn into us, we'll give you one, um, one of your previous records back as, as payment. And as far as, you know, some people are saying, well, Taylor should have bought the record label. First of all, talent should not have to buy you the record label. If, if Scott wanted to sell, that was his business. That is his right. Um, just like if I sold Drunk Hossip, that's my right. Don't worry, I'm not going to. But it would be my right. And even if you're, even if someone's not on the label anymore, you probably should give them a heads up that you're going to be selling. And, and maybe give them the opportunity to buy their masters back just in case. Of course, this is a big story. It's breaking every single day. I'm going to keep covering it. Um, I think Will and I are going to do a deep dive um, sometime this weekend. Uh, and I'm going to go and I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. And given that I'm in Detroit and Will is in New York, um, I... I, I I still wanted to do a politics segment because you guys seem to love those. Um, but obviously, Will's not here and not able to, um, and not able to do um, the weekly politics with Will or Will's rant. So today we're going to do politics with Will, but with Ed. And I think he's going to like that. Or he's going to completely hate it. Um, I'm telling him right now, so I'm going to... I I will give you guys live feedback from Will. About... um, About what he thinks about this. Um... So, um, if, if Will were here, he would want to talk about the Trump parade tomorrow. And let me just say this. I'm going to, um, I'm, I'm going to begin by saying Will is off drinking Fireball straight from the bottle right now. Um, he, um... He wants you all to know he's drinking straight from the bottle. He's drinking the fireball straight from the bottle. <laughs> he loves you guys. He will be returning um, when I get back to New York. And he cannot wait. He says he has a couple of rants planned. He has a couple of uh, political segments. He might just take over the show. <laughs> uh, the good thing is, is he is supposed to be sending me... Um, a story for tomorrow's special episode. Firework stories gone bad. Don't miss it. Um, but 
the, the Trump raid. This is something that he's been threatening for years now. He really wanted a parade in his honor because he thinks he's the shit. And I, you know, I don't mean that in a ludicrous, nasty way. He actually thinks he's something. He thinks he's a good president. I don't know what the fuck gave him that idea. I mean, certainly not his approval ratings. You know, and I get it. We all pick and choose the numbers we want to see. I see a million dollars in my bank account. Bank of America sees much less than that. (laughs) You know, that's just how it goes. So he picks and chooses his numbers. So when he says he has he has the highest approval rating of any president ever, no, he doesn't. 34% of Americans approve of the job Trump is doing. You know what number he is choosing? He is choosing the number of Trump voters who thinks he's doing a good job. Now, let the, Let's just look at this for one second before we head back over to the Trump parade. And I know this is not how Will does things, but this is how Ed does things. (laughs) Of the Trump voters, of the Trump supporters, only 50% of them think you're doing a good job. How is that okay? How do you think that means you're doing a good job? That would be like... Me asking the drunk gossip audience, am I doing a good job? And then, and half my listeners saying, yeah, good job, Ed, good job. No, half saying, bitch, we prefer Will. Okay, that's how, that's how stupid he sounds right now. And by the way, I know there are those of you who prefer Will style. I'm more free willing and, you know, I don't plan anything out. I don't... And I get it. That's not for everybody. On the other hand, for those of you who love me, I love you right back. (laughs) Um, You know. And and who do you think taught Will to drink Fireball straight from the bottle? Um... Oh, okay. So, back to the Trump parade. Um, so, he has it set up. Um, it, it's, on the surface, it's supposed to be a salute to America. Because, you know, he's playing to the Republican base right now. Because he realizes, oh shit, I have to get reelected by these motherfuckers. And they're going, you know, they're going to vote for him no matter what because they don't want a woman. They don't want a black. They don't want Joe Biden. Frankly, none of us want Joe Biden, okay? But they definitely don't want a gay because I think they're afraid that having a gay president means that we'll be throwing glitter instead of fireworks. Um, so, so he, so he's setting this up, he's, he's going through this, with this parade, which, 
initially wasn't it didn't cost all that much, but now it's costing almost ninety million dollars. So we're looking at a problem with homeless vets, and I went undercover. Um, much to Will and everyone in my life's chagrin, I went undercover and investigated homelessness in New York City. And let me tell you, there are a lot of vets, not just those who claim to be a vet, but actual real life vets who are homeless because they are not getting their paycheck or their paycheck is not as steady as it should be. But you... But go ahead and spend this $90 million to blow smoke up your own ass, Mr. Trump. Because that's exactly what the fuck you're doing. And don't, don't come at me with, oh, you know, we're celebrating America's birthday. If we want to celebrate America, that's fine. Each city, each city I've ever lived in has had a parade. Across the country, we've had parades. And, you know, we do a firework displays and all this. But this parade is to feed that fucking fat ass's ego. And make no mistake about it, that's all this is doing. He worships Putin. He worships Kim Jong-un because they're dictators and that's exactly what he wants to be. And yes, I know I got off a message and I know that when Will listens to this, I'm going to get yelled at. And no, I don't give a fuck. I'll be right back. And I'm back. And I'm just going to apologize right now for that fiery segment. Um, and if you're listening to this on the Megan McCain deep dive, don't worry about it. The last segment was not fiery for you. <laughs> but, so, the Megan McCain story finally broke in the mainstream media. And I have been gloating all across social media because I broke the fucking story, y'all. I broke it. Um... <laughs> Earlier this year, I reported that I had been walking by the ABC studios where I overheard um, two employees talking about how Megan McCain was going to be fired and she would not be returning next season to The View. Now, of course, no one wanted to listen to me. I'm just a small, small time uh, gossip podcaster. Um, but. I, you know, living in New York, I get access to a lot of gossip. Some of it I can talk about, some of it I can't. Some of it ends up as blind items. Um, but, with access to all this news that's happening in, in, in New York, I think sometimes people forget that, yes, you know, I can actually... Um... We can actually, um, I actually get a lot of good scoops. But enough bragging about myself. Because this main McCain story officially broke today via the Daily Beast. Um, the, the difference between my story and their story is they are claiming that Megan McCain is leaving of her own volition um, because she feels like a caged animal working on The View. And um, here, let me read the the entire quote because it is actually um, quite interesting, if you ask me. Uh, 
have to find the... Uh, um, basically, what the, what the Daily Beast is saying is they didn't think that she was going to be returning um, because she felt like a caged animal and she didn't like fighting with Joy Behar all the time, essentially, and she doesn't feel supported. Bitch, those are your co-workers, not your bra. Co-workers, not your bra. Okay? Okay. Now that we got that settled. Um, a source told the Daily Beast, it's getting to the point where it's not worth the emotional toll every week. If she doesn't stay at the view, she will find other work. Um, and execs over at ABC are doing what they always do. This goes back to, um, before the first co-hosts were fired. The news always leaks ahead of time. And the, the template is this. The, the, the news leaks. And from, from the time the news leaks, there's a denial. Which it didn't take ABC long this time. They said, oh, no, we expect everyone to come back next season. You know, we don't expect any changes to the cast at this time. And that denial is almost the death knell for whomever the story is about. Think Jenny McCarthy. They said the exact same thing about her. Oh, no, we love Jenny. She's totally coming back next season. Cut two. Um, Jamie McCarthy being out. Um, the only... The only co-host who ever managed to get ahead of the story was Rosie O'Donnell, and that's because she quit. Um, both times she was a co-host, she quit before her contract was up. Um, and, I mean, at that point... Um, there was no way that she was going to... They were going to let her stay on. Let's be real here. Um, Barbara Walters, according to the, um, to the ladies who punch, met with Brian Franz, who was then the head of ABC Daytime, and said, it's her or me, Brian. It's her or me. If, she, if you sign her for another season, I'm gone. Now, I don't think that... Um, I don't think that Barbara Walters... Or Brian Franz actually expected everything to go down the way it did. I do think that they were going to negotiate. And I think Barbara probably was going to be shown the door. Because with Rosie at the helm, or as moderator, ratings were way up. Um, which brings us back to Megan McCain. With Megan McCain as the conservative voice of the table, ratings are actually up. However, they're not up enough to justify producers dealing with the abuse. And, honestly, I think they're looking for a bigger, a bigger name. I'm going to venture a guess, and this is... People are going to tell me this is way out there, but it's not. I'm not basing this on anything I've heard... Uh, let me rephrase that. I'm not basing this on any sources that I have. But 
looking around and sniffing, um, if you think about it, this is the perfect time for them to dump Megan McCain and bring in another big, bold-faced name who just had a failed daytime series. Yep, that's right, y'all. I'm talking to Megan McCain. Or, uh, Jesus, good Lord. I'm talking to Megan Kelly. Megan would fit in perfectly as a conservative voice. She's loud, she's boisterous. She would certainly make headlines. She would serve as a great counterpoint to the Whoopi Goldberg and the Joy Behar. Um, and she could go toe-to-toe with Sonny on legal matters. So I think what they're going to do is the same thing they did with Jedediah Bila when they brought her back. Um, They brought her back, but she only stayed for two or three weeks into the new season, and then she was replaced with Meghan McCain. So I can kind of see the same thing happening with, with Meghan McCain. I can see them bringing her back for for just a couple of weeks while they hammer out their deal with Megan Kelly. Megan McCain will be shown the door. Megan Kelly will walk right in. And and I'm I'm saying this based on the fact that Megan Kelly wants to be covering the um the 2020 election. She's made that perfectly clear. She started to raise her profile in recent weeks. And what better way to stick it to NBC News than for ABC News to, to sign the star? Probably to a much lesser deal than the 20, uh, 20 to $25 million that NBC paid out. So, we're going to keep an eye on this. Of course, we're going to do a deep dive this weekend. Um, on the Megan McCain story, starting with when I broke the news that Megan McCain would indeed be leaving The View. Um, so look out for that. And thank y'all so much for listening, as always. And until next time, cheers. <laughs>